Welcome, welcome, welcome to Real Job Talk, the podcast about jobs, careers, and what's not said at the water cooler. I'm Kat Troyer. I'm Liz Bronson. Hey, Liz. Hi, Kat. So today we're going to talk about asking for what you need at work. And Kat, today we're going to really talk about accommodations and working conditions. And some people out there think that if they ask for something that's different or what they perceive as special, that they'd be a less valued member of the team or not as strong an applicant, but that just isn't true. We're going to talk about this, but I think it's important to be clear on what it is that you need and then to ask for it. Because once we have our needs met, then we can do really, really good work. So, you know, we're recording this in quarantine and some of the states are starting to open up and businesses are slowly figuring out how they're going to open up. And we know that different people will need, you know, need different things and asking for specific needs in a tough job market, you know, might feel a little high maintenance. And our goal is to remind people that reasonable accommodations are protected under different state and national rules and laws. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we want to help you figure out how to ask in a way that won't feel high maintenance and Mm -hmm. won't be punitive. Right. So... Let's talk about someone who might need to work from home longer as they come out of the quarantine. Mm-hmm. Now, some companies are going to flex here. For example, I believe Twitter has said that people can start working from home indefinitely. So mm-hmm. that, you know, Twitter tends to be a trendsetter, right? When it comes to employee oh. benefits, Twitter, along with many of the other Silicon Valley companies mm-hmm. that are trendsetting these kind of policies. But, you know, some companies are going to flex and some companies are going to be willing to flex less due to their own business model, their business needs, especially Mm -hmm. for companies with strong learning, mentoring cultures. And we've talked about this in the past. Many companies are built around really having their their new employees, their junior employees, spending, Mm -hmm. you know, the first couple of years learning from more experienced employees. So Mm -hmm. there's just so much of the training that's done for junior employees, one-on-one and in person. Absolutely. But there are reasons, right? There are valid reasons for people to, you know, who may have special needs. So we're going to talk about some of those. You know, there are some jobs that just can't be done. I mean, if you work at a restaurant, it's really hard to be on the waitstaff and not be in person. Well, if you're a nurse in a hospital, that's an on-site role. Absolutely. And they can't accommodate you being home if mm-hmm. your job is patient care. Yeah. We're think, we're talking more corporate jobs and the jobs that have been at home because of quarantine and now are going to move back to the office. So we're not talking as much about the people who have unfortunately been furloughed or mm-hmm. let go because their job doesn't exist right now or they can't mm-hmm. do it remote so they can't have it because their company's shut down. We're talking about, like you said, the Twitter people who have been working at home doing their thing and now don't have to go back. But there are going to be companies that want everyone to go mm-hmm. back either because they have office space and it's sitting empty and they're paying for it for the next few years mm-hmm. or because that's their culture or because that's their business or because they are more at risk because of different systems and things of information and things mm-hmm. are not on work computers or under the work umbrella Etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, there's lots of reasons why people coming out of quarantine may need longer time at home. The ones that come to mind easily are like parenting. You know, all of us coming out of the school year, and you know, it's been a little wonky since spring break over mm-hmm. here, but like 
usually my kids have camps and things and there's nothing. And they will be home all summer. If I had had an office job before this, I could not go back to it because I have kids home all summer that wouldn't normally be. Mm -hmm. And we don't know what's going to happen with school in the fall. We have no idea. Mm -hmm. And then there's, you know, health reasons. There are people that have compromised immune systems or other reasons that they can't risk exposure no matter what the precautions and they have been hardcore quarantined and they will continue to be for their own health or someone in their Mm -hmm. household. So those are the reasons that were like, that are top of mind as Mm -hmm. the big ones. I'm sure there are more, Mm -hmm. but those are the ones that I think are going to be the most common. So Kat, what do you think someone should do? Like if, okay, so let's say I had worked an office job before COVID Mm -hmm. and that my company's like, all right, we're reopened. Everyone come back to the office. What would you tell me that I should do now that I'm going to have two kids home all summer? Well, I think the first thing you want to do is be really clear on what your ask is, right? And and what the reason mm-hmm. is for it. So you want to go directly to your boss and have a conversation with them as opposed to talking amongst the water cooler with this one. Go mm-hmm. go directly to the source yeah. and just state state the facts be super Mm -hmm. honest and also be as flexible as possible. Maybe you can arrange to come in one or two days a week and have your partner or someone else do childcare. So if you show that you are bending and being flexible, that shows your boss that you're not being rigid and that's helpful in this type of thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. I think that one thing that is really good, so absolutely go to the boss. Don't be like surveying everybody Mm -hmm, else mm -hmm, and like, oh, and I know Sandra over three desks behind me has the same problem. You don't speak for Sandra. You speak for you. Yes. And you go in prepared. You Mm -hmm. have what you need, why you need it, Mm -hmm. and what you're going to do to ensure that you can still do your job. Mm -hmm. So I would say... All right, bossy boss, I uh, did not anticipate having a summer owed children home, but I do. And I can't come in five days a week, but I can come in two. And on the three days I work at home, I'm going to work these hours and this, I've my day structured and I've figured out, you know, what I can do. And I know now I won't be able to be here on Wednesdays but I'll still be able to call into that meeting at 12 o'clock or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So now I've anticipated any issues. I've come up with solutions. I Mm -hmm. think putting the solution on your boss or on anybody but you is not your strongest negotiating standpoint. I think it's really good that you are thinking through as you think through the issue and, and how you can be flexible. Also think about what are potential problems or challenges that are going to arise because I'm not there and come to that meeting with the solutions to those potential challenges, mm-hmm. because that'll show your boss that you've, you've actually given some thought to this and that you actually think you can cover it. Yes. And if you can't say so. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I was married to an ER doc, mm-hmm. you know, I can't ask him to stay home multiple days a week. So I can point out the issues that I see. I can say how much I can solve it and I can say where I can't. And 
that's just, again, being thoughtful Mm -hmm. and not dumping a problem in someone else's lap. Mm -hmm. You're coming with the problem and at least partial solutions to the problem and then working with them to problem solve. And a commitment to continually working to problem Mm -hmm. solve, right? Because things may come up that you haven't thought of. But mm-hmm. that, you know, you promise you'll do your absolute best and make sure it's as seamless as possible. How you approach it is really important here. I think back to an interview we have that we did with Jason True, where he talked about teams getting to know each other. And this is where, while we don't have to be open books and tell everybody everything in our lives that we're, people should know who you are and what your life is like in a broad sense. Someone's going to be like, you have kids? Like, wait, I never even knew you had kids. And now you've got three kids at home you have to take care of, you know, instead of working. Like, yeah, that shouldn't be a surprise. No. If I was a boss, I would probably anticipate who would have issues coming back. I'd have one-on-one conversations with everybody about it. I'd see how people felt. I would be, you know, good and understanding and all those things. But This is not the place to drop bombs. This is a place to come with a concern, an issue, and then a solution Mm -hmm. as much as you can. Mm -hmm. Willingness, flexibility, commitment to to figuring out answers to the problems that may arise that you're not even aware of. Mm -hmm. And I got to say, like, as a parent, this summer may not be ideal. Like, my work life balance may be a little out of balance as I try to do it all with kids that have no summer programming. Like it's Mm going to be wonky and I'm going to need to figure it out. And so I know I'm not the only one in that boat. And I think bosses, if you manage a team, you better be understanding for this because nobody anticipated and there's not much we can do. Mm -hmm. And if you're an employee, you just have to be honest about it. But you may have to work at night after the kids mm-hmm. go to bed or you may, you know, the, like, which sucks. And I get it. I believe me, I get it, but yep. we're all going to be duct tape and paper clips people that, that might be what keeps it together. Kat, what about if it's like a personal health thing? The parenting thing is kind of mm-hmm. like, it is what it is, but what about the personal health thing? You know, I think that if someone has a compromised immune system, it's their responsibility to communicate that up. And I can see how that could be a scary conversation to have, right? Because prior to quarantine, there were no the concerns that there are now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, things are definitely changing. Mm-hmm. States are starting to open up. But if you're in one of those classes that that requires that you take a little bit more precaution, you have to take care of yourself, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think this is where you trust that, you know, you're going to say what your needs are and you're going to come up with solutions and you're going to be working really hard to make sure that, that you're doing your work, right? You know, that that's important to, to keep up. And I think that if you are doing excellent work during quarantine, that's a good, it's a good argument on your side that you can handle the role. Yeah. This is a health thing. My guess is there may even be some some new employment law that will support this type of situation, right? As we go into the summer and the fall, because mm-hmm. there there may be some issues that come up that will create some legal precedent. But until that happens, you have to 
you know, you have to take care of yourself and do your best job that you can do. It takes some vulnerability, right? Because like, well, nobody who works with me is going to be shocked. I have two kids. They may be shocked to find out that I am a very serious asthmatic that has, you know, compromised lungs, but they never knew that because like I manage Mm -hmm. it with medication and Uh it never was an issue in the workplace. Right. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. now I'm in a position of going to my boss and saying, Hey boss, you may not have known this after working with me for a couple of years, but I actually have a very serious asthma. And therefore, you know, my doctor has told me, and sometimes you may need a doctor's note and that will also CYA. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, my doctor has told me I cannot go back to work in an office environment, I have to stay quarantined, even though the state is open back up. Mm-hmm. And back to our previous conversation, here's the plan. To Kat's point, if you've been doing a great job in quarantine, that shows that you're going to be able to continue to do a great job mm-hmm. when people are back in the office. It's a good indicator. But even though you may not have wanted to tell your boss you were an asthmatic, it feels yeah. personal. Unfortunately, you have no choice because they can't make the right decision for you without knowing why they have to make. Mm -hmm. So Kat, put the same kind of lens on, like if somebody is interviewing for a new position that needs like reasonable accommodations, like they need a sit-stand workstation or they Mm -hmm. need, you know, certain hours or, or something like that. Like tell me in the interview process, when do you talk about that stuff and, and kind of what do you do? I think that you wait until one of the final interviews to bring that up. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I would recommend having the initial conversation with the recruiter who can guide you as far as how to handle that, right? They may or may not be able to, but a good recruiter should be able to guide you. Mm-hmm. So I think that once a company has expressed interest before you accept an offer, so maybe at the yeah. second or third interview, depending on how many interviews there are, toward one of the final interviews, then you have that conversation. You mention your references, right? You stay focused on how strong of an employee you are and how good you are at what you do and that you're going to need this accommodation. And if it's a standing desk, I mean, that's, that's a little one, but you still need to ask for it. And it's better to ask for it before you accept a job to have that out of the way, because if there's resistance to a standing desk, that is really good information, right? Yeah. If a company is not going to be able to you know, accommodate a standing desk and you don't have one that you can bring in, that's really important information to know before you start a job. That tells me a lot about a company mm-hmm. if they're not mm-hmm. willing to do something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I always feel weird as a recruiter. Like when someone in the first interview is like, oh, and by the way, I have a vacation coming up in December. I'm like, dude, I don't even know like your work history yet. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. You know, and I appreciate that people are being upfront, but it's like irrelevant at that point because yeah. I don't even know if you're fit. So if you are a fit, I don't care about your vacation. We'll, we'll work. You know, yeah. it's fine. But I think if you're not a fit, irrelevant. Right. So I think even after the, you know, the first solid interview with the hiring manager, that after that, and there's interest is expressed, that's, that's an okay time to, yeah. hey, recruiter or, you know, hey, hiring manager. I just want to let you know, I, I'm super interested in this opportunity. Always. Always couch your request with your interest, right? Piggyback it, sandwich it. Yes, the sandwich. Yes, the 
the the sandwich is is an amazing tool. Let them know then, hey, I've got this plan. This has been on the books for a couple months. I know the timing's not great, but I just wanted to let you know. And you know, I, I'm happy to accept your guidance as to when you think is best for me to yes. communicate this. Absolutely. And, and then the, be quiet. You know, I'm gonna need this. You make the request and then it's okay to be silent. You know, mm-hmm. let the person think. And same thing for like, if you're going to be getting married, like obviously my husband took a new job two months before we got married. I don't think he had earned the three weeks of vacation time he was going to take, you know, and he brought it up right before getting the offer and they didn't care. They're like, yeah, go get married. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was already on the books. I'm so excited about this offer. I, I cannot wait to start working. And by the way, this little, little detail, I'm getting married and uh, you know, yeah. I got this wedding plan. Did you guys go to Hawaii? Where'd you guys go? We went to Italy. We went to Italy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I've got this little wedding plan. We're going to Italy. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. a wedding is already on the books, but even people have vacations on the books. And yeah. so, like, especially when you've recruited someone, they got plans. Yeah. Right. It's all good. But you don't, any kind of accommodation, whether it be extra vacation time or a sit-stand workstation, or I need to leave at five every day because my kids' daycare closes at six and every minute after six, I get fined five bucks. You got to just let people know that. Like I have a hard stop at five o'clock every single day, except for Thursdays because my partner can pick up the kid okay, I can use that in my hiring decision. If there's a crucial meeting at six every day, then maybe this be the is right the right job for you mm-hmm. and you're not the right friend. Mm-hmm. Like it is what it is. But in the interview process, my advice is that after you kind of feel like this is going towards an offer or even when they tell you we're putting together an offer, mm-hmm. it's kind of irrelevant if they're not going to give you an offer. Yeah. Yeah. But you also don't want to wait until the offer is presented to have that conversation. You know, it, it's probably uh, when you get the signal, okay, things are, things are moving forward. There's definite interest. If it's like, we're going to bring you back for one final offer, one final interview, and then we're going to do the, then the next step would be an offer. You can either do it yep. before the final interview, or you can mm-hmm. wait until after the final interview, but you know, there's a window there that it's acceptable. And that's why I think if you're working with a recruiter, Mm-hmm. you can lean on their expertise as to what would be the best mm-hmm. in this particular situation. You don't want to do that on the front end because you don't mm-hmm. want to come across as high maintenance and mm-hmm. first impressions really, really count. So you, you want to bring all of your strengths and your experience and your flexibility into that beginning process and then wait. Mm-hmm. And once you realize that, okay, we're moving forward, that's the time to have the conversation. Well, and it's, it also depends. Like it's, it's kind of, you know, sometimes if I'm saying yes, and we're trying to get this person in before the big launch in May. And if they said, well, actually I'm getting married in May, is that going to be a problem? Like, I'm cool with that because mm-hmm. if I need you there all of May, this person's going to say no, because mm-hmm. they're getting married in May. So you also can read the situation a little bit, but and use your common sense, right? If, if, if that yeah. that's a perfect time to say, oh, maybe maybe I should go ahead and and talk about this since we're we're talking about that time frame. So, you know, always common sense should trump all our <laughs> advice. Absolutely, but in general, it's that time right 
before the offer where you already know they love you. And so mm-hmm. an extra week of vacay. And by the way, with that vacation thing, like the marriage, you know, we'll keep going on that one. I'll take it unpaid. Mm-hmm. Offer to take that unearned vacation unpaid. Mm-hmm. It just shows your commitment. And I mean, when you take vacation, you quote unquote, haven't earned, it's the right thing to do. Good companies will tell you to shove it and they won't make you take it unpaid unless there's really strict policy or something like that. But you have to show that you're going to give me three weeks of vacation when I've been working for you for a month. I'm willing to give something too. Mm-hmm. I think what you're saying is that compromise is key. So show that you're willing it to compromise, is. show that you're willing to be flexible. Again, make sure to express your enthusiasm, mm-hmm. uh, you know, about either the new job or the existing job. You know, I really, you know, if, if it's an existing job, you know, I really want to find a solution here because I love my job and I think I bring value, you know, gosh, the asthma or whatever it is, right? Whatever the accommodation you need, be honest about it. Yes. And it's only about you. Like, don't say, I, I know you, you accommodated for Susie's broken leg or whatever. Yeah. This is a hundred percent. This is what I need. This is why I need it. And this mm-hmm. is how I'm going to make sure that business gets done mm-hmm. despite it, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Right. So that is true across the board. And I can't, I'll, I've said it before. I can't say it again. Managers during this time, have to be flexible and have to be accommodating and also have to understand some of your folks aren't going to be as productive. You know, if I've got three little kids running around with zero childcare, I may not be as productive as I used to be when I had them in daycare and had a full-time nanny. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. just fact. Yeah. This quarantine period, it's smart for us all to just extend a little bit more grace Mm -hmm than, Mm -hmm. than prior, because we don't know, we don't know what everyone's facing. We don't know who's dealing with illness in the family, if they haven't shared with it or whatever, there are challenges that, that have come out of this for people. And some, you know, some people have incredible challenges where they're, they're going to be more buttoned up and not share all of the burden. But if they come with a need, they're going to address that and, you know, hopefully be able to find an accommodation that works for both the company and the employee. Absolutely. You know, if it doesn't work for the company, that's, you know, some, some companies need you to be on site. And Mm -hmm. um, the good thing is for the person that needs accommodation is that, you know, there is more and more work from home professional roles available. So it's just a matter of finding the right role again, finding the right fit for what you need. Yeah. And it's about, Asking for what you mm-hmm. need and making sure mm-hmm. that they hear you. And, and I would put it, I would say it in person first, mm-hmm. and then I would put it in writing second. So mm-hmm. that's another thing, asking for accommodation. And I mean, if we're stuck in stand work station, hey boss, I need a stand work station. I'm going to make a request with the ergonomic person or with HR mm-hmm. or whatever. And I just want you to let you know, you know, my back's all wonky and that's what I need. Mm-hmm. Okay, cat, that's fine. And then you write it and you copy the boss and maybe they have to approve it or what have mm-hmm. you. But we're living in this unprecedented time and th- people are going to need different things than they've needed before. Mm-hmm. And again, it's a conversation. It's followed in writing. There's always an action plan. And if your employer really gives you a lot of unk about it, then you have decisions to make. 
mm-hmm. around your life. And, and I wish that everybody gets what they need from mm-hmm. their employer. And I know some people won't, and I know that's going to be hard and we're here for you. Mm-hmm. So anything else, Kat, that you can think of about asking for things that you think are out of the, uh, I would say out of the norm or out of the game plan of the company? I think it's really important to be clear on what your needs are and to be brave enough to ask for them. And there are always consequences to those asking questions. But most employers that I work with are are more than willing to provide accommodations that are necessary. So don't be afraid to ask for what you need. And it, it, that does get easier. It's like a muscle that gets stronger as you uh, as you learn how to do that. Cool. Yes, exactly. Ask for what you need. Be clear. It's all you can do. Just make sure you can take care of you and yours. If you can't do that, you're going to be stressed and you're not going to be good at work anyway. You're not going to be able, you're not going to be able to work at the level that you're capable of if you're worried about survival stuff. Absolutely. A hundred percent. So take care of yourselves, be good to yourselves. And uh, if you need help, we're here for you. Thanks, everyone. This is Real Job Talk, a podcast about jobs, careers, and what's not said at the water cooler. Our website with all Real Job Talk related information is realjobtalk.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please send us your questions, topics you'd like to talk about, and Real Job Talk stories. And you may find them featured on a future episode. Use the website or email us at realjobtalk at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at realjobtalk. And on Instagram and Facebook at Real Job Talk Show. My name is Kat Troyer. You can find me on Twitter at Daily Cat, And on LinkedIn, you can find me via Kathleen Nelson Troyer. And I'm Liz Bronson. On Twitter, I'm at Liz Beaks and Salt. And on LinkedIn, I'm Liz Bronson. Real Job Talk is a Tech Reckoning production. Our producer is John Mark Troyer. Our graphic artists are Lexi and Zachary Bronson. And we're here by the water cooler waiting to talk with you.